Hi, I'm Jennifer Janish, owner of Adored Salon and Adored Signature Hand-Tied Hair Extensions. I'm obsessed with curly hair. I cut it, style it, and extend it, and this podcast is all about my curly girl obsessions that stretch far beyond just curly hair. I am kind of nervous about today, but super excited because this is the first podcast of Curly Girl Obsessions. I am a hairstylist first for now over 30 years. I've been in the industry for over 35 years. If I include my assisting time when I started, I was age 12, if you can even believe that. My little hands were working at the shampoo bowl at age 12, working for one of my mom's best friends who was a hairstylist. I have always loved hair. If I go to my background, when I was four years old, I wanted to have my hair desperately in a French braid and my mom didn't know how to do it and wasn't very interested in learning how to do it. So I taught myself at four, I taught myself how to French braid. And my younger sisters through the years became my mannequins and were definitely my first start into what was the hair world and practicing on them, moving on to my little brother and my mom once she was ready to let me into her life as her hairstylist. And my mom always totally took her hair as like this thing that was very special and needed to happen. And she sacrificed probably a lot to make it happen. My mom was a single mom when she had me. She was pretty young. And she and I kind of grew up together. She was 18 when she had me. And I used to go with her to the hair salon and I would watch her get her hair done. I remember like literally like three, four, five years old sitting there with her. And this guy, his name was Billy, did her hair. And he had a nail tech that I loved. She would always paint my nails. They would let me sweep hair, fold towels. And it really, really was like the intro into the hair world for me. My mom did not meet her friend who did hair until I was around four because her friend and her had babies together, which was my younger sister, Mary, and her friend's daughter, Brandy. They were in the same hospital room together. And from there, their friendship blossomed and her friend, Leslie, did hair. So she was the one who let me in and let me come in and assist her on her days when she would have like probably 20 roller sets in a row. And I would shampoo for her and talk about learning how to shampoo on all these older women who just not necessarily wash their hair, but once every week to two weeks. So I really had to learn how to scrub their head, like majorly. But it was amazing training for my future. And it gave me an insight into what the hair world was like, right? It was the very basic, very start and kind of like 
at that time, that's what stylists did. They had their bread and butter clients is what they would have considered them. And they were their roller sets and their touch-ups. And that's how hair was at that time. Fast forward, I went to beauty school when I was in high school. And I, it, it was, you know, it was a really tiny beauty school. It wasn't like what they are now. They definitely have come a long way since then, but regardless, even in that beauty school, I had a mission and it was to learn how to do hair and how to do it very well. If there was something that I didn't know, I asked and I asked the teacher, the owner of the school. I bypassed the teacher often because I just didn't have a lot of faith in her as a person. When we started beauty school, she told us in the class within the first five minutes that we would be lucky to make 500, or I'm sorry, $250 a week as hairstylists. And I was kind of like, that's not happening for me. Um, that's unacceptable. And I will kill it in this industry because I need to have a prosperous career. I need to make enough money to support myself, support my shopping habits and um, just do better in life, right? Like that $250 a week, just it. When she said that to me, I just wondered like, why would anybody wanna do hair if that was all that they were gonna make? So I go to beauty school through high school it was really cool because I hated school. <laughs> I wanted to get to the learning of life. I wanted to get on to that next step. And that opportunity gave me the ability to fast forward into my career. I went my junior year of high school. So for half the day I spent at school and the other half of the day I spent at beauty school. And then after that, I went and worked my job at the local pizza place. And it was, I had fun there. I ran the kitchen, like, you know, those high school jobs you have there. They teach you a lot about life. They teach you how to hustle. This job definitely taught me how to multitask. Um, I answered the phone, I waited tables in the restaurant, I cooked food, uh, I managed quite a bit in that little pizza place, but it was, it was fun. It was today when I look back on it, I think of how little stress that was. And at the time, I think I thought it was high stress. And also at that time, it started my kind of personal growth journey. I didn't really love that job in the beginning and it held me back from seeing my boyfriend. It, I always had to work a lot of weekends and it just, it bothered me. Like I just didn't like that, but I was 13 years old there and not a lot of places where you can work when you're 13 years old. And I think I made $3.25 there to start, if you can even believe that but I did. And one day I said to myself, I can either love this job or I can be miserable coming to this job. 
And I totally decided that I was going to love this job because it was the only job that I had consistently. And I definitely needed money. <laughs> so when I say the start of personal growth, like I made that decision and not kidding, the very next day, I loved that job. And I never went back from loving that job. And the minute that I decided to love that job was the minute that that job became easy. It became kind of like my lifeline. I had money for whatever I needed and I enjoyed doing it. And it took me a couple of years to realize that my mindset worked that way, that I literally said to myself one day, you're either going to love it or you're going to hate it. And it's your only option. So choose to love it. And I did. And that was the start of learning how to manifest things. So like I said, this podcast is called Curly Girl Obsessions. And that's definitely going to be touched on is manifesting growth habits, goal orientated. Um, That's just me. That's how I role. That's how I like to live. And so that's where it started. So onward beauty school, I go to school through high school and we had the opportunity to go during the summer if we wanted to, to get ahead. Of course, I went during the summer when I wasn't working in the salon, I would go to beauty school and I would get hours because that's how beauty school works. You have to do so many hours in every individual state and then you have to take a state exam and you have to pass it and then you have your hair license. So getting in those hours was key at that time. So I definitely went during the summer And then I finished before the second semester of my senior year, and that plummeted me right into the hair salon life. I started working full-time behind the chair as a senior in high school. My mom would call me in two days a week to be sick so that I could go to work for eight to 10 hours a day. I know that it, it sounds crazy. I know, but it just, it worked and The attendance office hated my mother and probably just thought we were total liars as we were because I wasn't sick and I was going to work. But that shows like what my work ethic was like at such an early age. I came from this background of a single mom who was a teen. We did not have a lot of money growing up. And when it was just her and I, we definitely had some hardships and we definitely struggled. And it was really hard later on in life, like thinking back to what she went through just to make things work for the both of us was quite a bit. And We got through it, obviously, and then she met my stepfather, and they got married, and my sister was born. Then I had a second sister be born, and two weeks after she was born, my stepfather had a motorcycle accident. He was in a coma, and he went to rehab, and when he woke up from his coma, he didn't know that he had children, 
he thought that he was divorced from my mom. So there again, she was struggling through another major hardship in life prior to him having the motorcycle accident. And so right before she had my second sister, they decided that my mom was going to be a stay-at-home mom. They had just bought their first house. And then literally like three weeks later, their whole world just exploded with my dad being in the hospital, not being able to work, not being able to provide. So my mom went and worked three jobs while he was recovering. And um, she, one of her jobs, I'll never forget. I don't remember what the other two jobs were, but one of them was working for a catering company, peeling potatoes all freaking day. And like, I think about that now. And I was like, what it, what a person will do to provide for their family and the love that they have for their family. They'll go to the ends of the world, to ends of the world to make things happen. And she definitely did. She showed me what that work ethic is and what needs to be done. And like, you just don't even question it. You just move forward and you do what it takes. So at the age of eight years old, because that's how old I was when my second sister was born, I was babysitting a four-year-old and a newborn for, they tell me like hour spurts. And my mom probably put the baby to bed and I was in charge of the four-year-old. And my mom wouldn't have done that if she had any other choice, but she really didn't have a choice. And then a family member would come and they would sit with us and hang out with us while my mom would work. But the times that that wasn't a possibility, I was definitely the responsible one. I was the one who had to hold down the fort and I was 100% capable at eight years old, if you can even believe that, of feeding my baby sister, changing diapers, making sure that the four-year-old was okay, and keeping things in line, and making sure the doors were locked, and not answering if anybody came, and it just, you know, it's like, not that I'm going to say that having an eight-year-old babysit a four-year-old and a newborn is necessarily um, the smartest thing, but if it's your only option, that eight-year-old is given a ton of responsibility. And while some people could argue that it may have stole my childhood or whatever, I still think I had fun in the sun. I rode my bike a lot. I played with my friends. I did a lot, but now looking back, I respect the fact that they thought that I was capable of doing this. And I really think that it molded me into the person I am today because I'm always taking care of the people that I love. I'm always showing up 120% for them. And I'm always just making sure that things get done. Like, and I honestly do believe that it was the way that I was raised that created that. It was, it's a learned thing. And obviously some of us are born to feel a little bit more responsible than others. And I think my mom did a really good job of instilling that into me. So, and I kinda, 
I think of those hardships as like the driver to where I am today. When my dad came home, I was in, I was eight years old. So I think I was in third grade and I would teach him my spelling words that I was learning as I was learning them. And I was helping him, you know, I, I don't remember fully if he couldn't read and write or what it was because this motorcycle accident was pretty serious that he had he had a what's called a closed head injury and um he hit his head at the base of his skull and they said that he would have been decapitated had he had a helmet on which is pretty crazy to think but um yeah I there was a lot of things that I did like young with my sisters and my mom. And then there was a lot too that happened with my stepdad that just made me really realize that if you don't take care of yourself, not many other people will except for a solid family. And even then sometimes it's questionable. You know, some families don't stick together like glue. And even though some people might've seen that as dysfunctional, it was functional in my world. It kept me moving forward. And again, it just taught me like you just go to the ends of the world, the ends of the earth to get things done. And that if you let anything stand in your way, you're, you're not going to accomplish it. So in order to accomplish things, you have to be willing to dig yourself up out of the trenches and keep going forward. Right. So now fast forward beauty school's over. I start working in a salon and I love it. The first salon I worked at, again, I'm 17 years old, calling in sick to school to be there. And I would be left alone in this place on the weekends. So freaking crazy to me that that was even a thing right? I am so strict with that at my salon. Like I never want anybody to be left alone in here because of the things that happened to me when I was alone in that salon. Like the last day that I worked there, this is so crazy. Um, it, it was a Sunday and this man had come in and wanted a service. And I was like, uh, no, no, not going to do this. And he totally freaking exposed himself to me. And how scary, because I was the only person in this place sitting behind the desk at 17 years old. And um, I just ran out. And thank God down the way there was a Jimmy John's that was always loaded with people. And I just ran in there. I didn't you know, I was kind of embarrassed by what was happening. So I didn't even tell them, but I just waited until I saw this man leave. And then I went back in, locked the door, got my stuff, called the owner and said, I quit because I can't be here by myself. And there again, another learning lesson, like he looked like a safe person. I would have never expected that to happen, but it definitely molded my future 
again, like it was another scenario and another learning lesson as to how businesses are not run. And you definitely don't leave anybody alone in a public place where walk-ins are welcome in a service industry. I mean, honestly, could you imagine if I would have walked this guy into the back of the salon and shampooed his hair, what would have happened? I probably would have been done for. So there again, trust your gut and always go with your gut. I'm a strong believer in intuition. And so with that, I quit there and I went to the next salon that I worked for. Oh my gosh, this salon was my home for a good seven years. And it was run by a mom, a daughter and a partner. The mom was never a hairdresser, but she was really strict. She was kind of mean and kind of old school. And there was so many times where I was like, oh my gosh, this person is gonna be the death of me. This person is gonna be the death of me. And without going into details, because the hair salon industry can be kind of a crooked world. There's a lot of people running salons that don't know a squat about business. They just got into salon ownership because they thought that they would make a ton of money. And they really don't know nothing about just personal interactions, people interactions, you know, and definitely this person was one of those people who really and truly lied to me, cheated me and stole from me and just treated me really poorly, you know, and it takes a lot of reflection and a lot of time to look back at that and be like, gosh, I learned so much. I learned so much in that time frame. I learned a lot of how not to be. I learned a lot of the fact there again, like who else is looking out for you except for you, nobody else, right? And in, even in that situation, my family couldn't have looked out for me because they didn't know the ins and outs of what was going on. I would complain about scenarios, but really and truly never explain because there again, I'm 17 years old until the time I was, I think 22, I worked there, maybe 23. And yeah, I, I was up until I was 23 years old, I worked there pretty young. So everything that I experienced there, oh gosh, it kind of just gets me bothered now when I think about it, but it, it definitely taught me. Like when we say like, love your shadows, that's definitely one of those times that there was a lot of shadows that now I have to embrace as a person, as a stylist, as a mother, a wife, like just how situational things can make you feel and just drag you down. And without just spending too much time on it, that there was the goal of that salon was to keep you down so you stayed, 
right? So there, salon number one. <laughs> and um, yeah, I learned from it. As hard as it was, everything that I had to go through there set me up for success in my future. And it really made me learn to keep track of my numbers at an early age, thank God, because if you don't, they're gone. Um, now it's great because the salon world is computerized and everything is kept in an app most salons have. So there really can't be this like cash under the table thing, <laughs> which trust me, it does happen in other salons. Um, so that's the good thing. Now, everything has to be above the bar. And if it's not in your salon, you should look for a salon that it is because if it's not above the bar and it's made to make you feel that you're getting this great deal, you're really not. <laughs> because somewhere along the lines, if they're cheating the government, they're cheating you, right? And you'll find it if you look hard enough. So from there, I moved on and I experienced so many different spaces and more salon ownership that was seemed to be crazier than the last. And finally, then when I had my children and was able to, I started working out of my home and I ran it like a business and it was great. I always had an assistant and I would make appointments, you know, on an appointment book. It wasn't that people could just show up and get their hair done. It was run like a business. So because of my children and my husband, I always wanted to give respect to the fact that I had family life prior to and before hair, right? So it just, it, it, it went well and it was great and it served its purpose for the time. And then one of my girlfriends had gone to New York to learn this curly cutting technique. And she came and she was like, I really need my hair cut. The girl who I learned this with never has time to cut my hair. So I'm just going to explain it to you. And so she came over and I cut her hair and it was, it just felt so different from anything that I had ever done. Right. And I was like, gosh, how cool that you got to go to New York and that you're, that the salon owner supported you while doing so. So lo and behold, it was like two months later, the other girl that went with her quit that salon. And she reached out to me and she was like, look, we are looking for an experienced stylist. I don't even know if you're looking to come back into salon life because you're working out of your house, but you have so much experience and her clients are used to experience. So it would be awesome if you could come and work here. And with that, I was like, it was New Year's Eve. I'll never forget this scenario. It was New Year's Eve. My whole family was sick. We're sitting at the kitchen table in our pajamas, trying to enjoy the night. But, you know, I had four children and everybody had this cold. So they're coughing, they're sniffling. And my husband said, oh, who was that? And I explained the situation to him. And I, 
before the words even come came out of my mouth, I was like, in my mind, I am going to work at that salon because I need a change in my life. I just want to get out of the house. I want to get back into a team. I want to be around other stylists. I want to be around other people. And even though like being a hairstylist in my basement, I was around other people all the time. I just wanted the vibe of peers that were experiencing the same thing as I was day in and day out. So needless to say, I start working in that salon and the salon owner sent me to New York right away. Within one year, I went from zero clientele there because I kept my house clientele at my house and I worked in the salon specifically for what the salon wanted to deliver. So I went from zero to over 50,000 in services in less than, I think it was nine months, right? Which is pretty crazy, pretty crazy. And I was doing it in two and a half days a week, even crazier. So I went to my boss and I was like, my goals for the next year are to double this income. And I, she said, well, in order to double it, this is what you have to do. And I said, yeah, I know I've done the math. What are you going to do to help me get there? And she's like, well, you're going to have to double your income. And I'm like, I know again, how are you going to help me get there? And she was like, well, that's up to you. Okay. So at this time I have a two-year-old, a three-year-old, because my last two kids are 12 months and three weeks apart. And then I had a six-year-old and an eight-year-old. So the six-year-old and the eight-year-old were in school all day, but the two little babies, like I did have daycare and I loved my daycare provider. She is like a family friend still. I created brochures on Vistaprint and I dropped them off at every med spa and waxing place, laser hair removal, like racking my brain for how I'm going to be able to do this. And right before that, so I should say this, enter in hair extensions. I decided that I was going to work an extra day a week at that salon. And I was going to fill up that time with hair extensions because I didn't want to step on the toes of the other girl in the salon who did the curly cuts because she was all by herself on Fridays. And I didn't want to invade that for her. So I was like, I'm just going to start a whole new service so that I don't take away from her and that I can really elevate my career. So those were the brochures that I made and took to med spas and laser hair removal was all about the hair extensions because I was already totally killing it in the curly girl world, like I knew curly hair in and out. I built that clientele and I wanted to build on that clientele, but I also wanted to add in hair extensions. So I would drop my kids off at daycare. Obviously my boss did not pay for that. And I printed up all these brochures. Obviously she did not pay for those either. And I marched my butt all over the place. I like 
figured out on my map, like where I was going to go, what town I was going to hit. I put these things everywhere. Now, let me remind you that this is before the day of social media. This was about 12 years ago. And Facebook I existed, Instagram, I'm not quite sure if it existed or not, but really and truly then it was kind of words, word of mouth was how you got clients. And you really had to hustle in order to get those clients from word of mouth. So it worked. It totally worked. Um, but it took, again, a lot of time. I'll never forget. I was certified in Great Lengths Hair Extensions. And people would come in for consultations. And I wasn't too sure about it myself because I was so surprised at how much this service would actually cost that I didn't believe in my heart of hearts. I think the value behind it. But there again, if we go back to when I was 13 years old working at the pizza place, the same epiphany arised, right? I one day sat there and I said to myself, okay, you've paid all this money for your children to be in daycare. You have learned how to create these brochures. You, I also created my own website for hair extensions that was attached to that salon website. Can you, like, I knew nothing tech, but I taught myself tech in order to get clients. So it took nine months from the day I was certified in great lengths to get my first client. I'll never forget this consultation too. I went in and I was like setting myself up internally for the disappointment that was about to happen. I printed up her contract. I spoke with her and then I laid out <clears throat> the cost of the extensions and the maintenance. And she said, okay, sign me up. It, I think my mouth like hit the floor because I, I didn't believe that I actually sold this service that at the time, even still kind of was like the cost of a used car for her hair to last for four to five months, right? And it was definitely the boost I needed and the confidence builder to just go out and kill it in hair extensions and start building my career. Again, mindset is everything. So year two, I got the curly girl experience and now I'm adding in the hair extensions. And like I said, I had that twist in my mind and boom, that year end, I closed out the year at $112,000 in services. Now, by today's standards, is that a lot? It, it, it's a decent amount of money, that's for sure. And we're talking 12 years ago, that was 13 years ago. Gosh, my math is really bad today, but it was a long time ago. $112,000 in service sales. And I did it myself. Like I told you, my boss was like, well, how are you going to make that happen? There was no email marketing campaigns. There was no social media. There was no like Google ads. And if they existed, then we weren't 
doing it, right? Because I would have had to pay for it myself. So needless to say, at the end of that year, I'll never forget sitting in the salon. I was working on one of my extension clients. And at the time, like I did everything. Like I was first certified in great lengths, but I did tape-ins. I did these rows of extensions with beads on the back that were super heavy. And I think they were called like flicks or something like that. I did those. I did the single stranded like metal clips. Like, I, I mean, I, I did it all. I would put hair in your head. However, I could figure out how to put hair in your head. So back to the day when I'm working on one of my clients and I sit there while I was standing because I was putting in the extensions and I realized like, not only was my chair filled with me and my client and Jackie at the time, she now works at Adored Salon is on the team, was like an assistant in the salon. And she was working side by side with me, helping me. But every single chair of the other stylists in the salon, which was for other girls, was doing something for one of my extension clients, either a blowout, putting in curls, um, like the, it, it was just, just such a realization to me all of a sudden, like, first of all, I can't be the only person in here doing extensions. And if I'm spending my money on my marketing material and I have my own website that I was updating and paying for SEO at that time and trying to figure out everything on the back end of it. How do you get search engine optimization? What are search engine words? What, what could I add in here to make it attractive? And all of that work built these other chairs. I was like, you'd be a fool to stay and deal with a salon owner who's not willing to help you grow and has told you how to figure it out. And meanwhile, you're growing all of her other stylist paychecks, right? It's crazy. So next was Adored Salon. So Adored Salon has now been in business for 10 years. It is my baby. Uh, my husband came up with the name Adored and I've been through it here. As a salon owner, things change quite drastically from being a hairstylist to now being really in charge of a team and growing a team. And just having your team really and truly respect the craft, respect the business, and be online and be in line with your vision of growth and goals and motivation. There was a time when the salon started and really and truly from the beginning of my career where it was like a churn and burn mentality because I have been doing hair for over 30 years. The way we learned to be successful in the beginning was that you took multiple clients and you double booked, triple, and even sometimes quadruple booked. 
in order to get to that layer of success. Well, meanwhile, you will go home exhausted. <laughs> There's no other way to put it, but exhausted. You would work, 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 and work until you couldn't work anymore. Yes, people got forgotten about underneath hair dryers with highlights in their hair. Um, deep treatments sat for way longer than they probably should have just because I was catching up or needed to throw some food in my mouth. And then enter in COVID, right? And a big, big system and process change in our world. And the salon, like the salon that had been super successful with stylists that were experienced and brought a lot to the table, then dwindled down to just me and Jackie. Again, Jackie's kind of been along the way with me for a long time. And at that time, Chloe was an assistant here and she had just graduated beauty school. She went through our training program and Jackie was about to go on maternity leave. And we had our, at that point, she was the fourth service provider that left in a small team of six, me included. So that was left me and Jackie and then assisting Chloe who then got the education of a lifetime because Jackie went on maternity leave and Chloe was my right-hand person and we worked together tandemly all day long, every day. We probably put in 80 hours a week to accommodate all of our clients. And so I told you that we used to churn and burn until COVID and then COVID happened and we had to change our model. We could only see one client at a time. We were limited to the amount of clients we could even have into the salon and stylist because of the square footage. I mean, it was pretty crazy. And then it was just me and Chloe in here. So the sky was the limit. Like we really had to work to maintain my clientele, Jackie's clientele, and the other stylist that had just left moved to a different state. So she wasn't taking her clientele with her either. So three clienteles one experienced stylist, one up and coming stylist. And we busted our butts and we got through Jackie's maternity leave. And shortly thereafter, Jackie's maternity leave came Celia. All the while, Alyssa was assisting here. She then went to beauty school too and graduated beauty school a full year later after, gosh, when did she graduate? I forget, but regardless, Celia was a godsend and we couldn't wait for Alyssa. So then it was time for the rebuild of the salon because Jackie changed her hours from full-time to nights and weekends only. And then we had Chloe who filled in a lot of the gaps and then Celia also who filled in a lot of the gaps, but my goal was to have the salon be known for curly hair and hair extensions, which means also Chloe and Celia had to learn curly hair and hair extensions. And then Alyssa was shortly coming up right after them as well, learning curly hair and hair extensions. 
And now we're finally back to like where we were pre-COVID 2019 numbers and beating them. And it's exciting, but it took quite a long time to build from scratch again. But back to the fact of if I wanted to remain in the industry, if I wanted to grow this business back, or was I on my way out? And it was, again, like a deciding moment where I had to say to myself, like, you've worked so hard for all of this. How could you let it go? And it's just not in my nature. Like, I just cannot walk away from things if the challenge is there and can be done, right? Like, I could get through this. I could build it back to where I was. And it gave me the opportunity to really mentor up and coming stylists, which then showed me that when it came to extensions, I could mentor other stylists. So what I didn't talk about was also birthed a hairline in 2019, October of 2019, was when we launched Adored Signature Hand-Tied Hair Extensions. They were the first in the US to have naturally curly hair without chemicals, no chemical perms or steam perms on them, just 100% natural texture. And it was birthed out of the fact that I have naturally curly hair and I wanted to be able to wear my hair extensions because if you're doing hair extensions and you can't wear hair extensions, it makes them really hard to sell. Hence the nine months before my first consultation said yes, I couldn't wear any of the hair extensions because it would have required me to blow out my hair straight. And I was a curly hairstylist. So I was stuck. So this hairline was birthed and thank God, because it carried the salon during COVID because not all states were shut down. So other stylists were purchasing our hair during COVID. At that time, it was part of the salon business. It was not its own separate business. So like I said, it helped carry the salon. During COVID, there was so many lessons that I learned as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, as a brand creator, as a hairstylist, like, you know, it really was surprising what went down. I don't even have to talk about it because I think everybody knows how impactful that time was on our career. But again, that dark shadow, I can honestly say that the things that I learned from that dark time really helped fuel the fire for a positive future. Things that I would never let happen again, things that I learned that couldn't be, that I thought could be as a salon owner and my old business model, which was just basically like fill up the pot and take from the pot and everybody gets paid the maximum amount, but the salon never had a safety net. So thank God there was a hairline during COVID because that was our safety net. And that was, again, you know, I told you that I had lost four service providers after COVID and it wasn't because 
they didn't like me. I mean, maybe they don't like me. I don't know. But I had to restructure how everything was done here because I was giving it away the whole ship and not saving for a rainy day. Like we were just occupying a doored salon and pulling out of the pot 24-7. So now learning from those lessons, moving forward as a salon owner, a brand owner, Curly Extensions. It has been a wild ride, but super exciting. It has pushed me in ways that I never thought I could be pushed as a person, all the while maintaining my family life, my husband, my four kids. People always say to me like, how do you, how do you get all this done? Like, how do you, how do you, how do you maintain your house, your business, your hairline? How do you have time to promote your stylist or promote yourself or social media? How do you have time to do this? And it's just, it's all about priority. And I know that I definitely equate a lot of my self-worth with producing. So I thoroughly enjoy producing at the salon and with the extension line. I really get a high when I watch numbers and statistics and my insights, be it social media or through our salon software. I love watching my team grow. I love, you know, it. It's just, it's a huge part of me that's kind of like non-negotiable. And when it comes to my family, I really and truly feel that because of my work ethic and my husband's, my husband is a crazy hard worker. He works a lot of hours. And again, he's pushed his career really far as well. Our children witness this and they know that nothing is given to you for free. Everything has a price tag, be it time or a nice pair of Jordans, you know, it legitimately has a price tag and what you prioritize to be, you know, on top of your list is what you have to make time for. I prioritize my family, I prioritize dinners, I love to spend time with my husband one-on-one -on -one and with my kids. And now the funny thing about my kids is every single one of them has started working with me in the salon from age 12. Super important to me, I think, because I had to work early on as a young adult and I always liked having my own money. It just I, it was like a sense of security when I was young. I love to babysit. I like, I would have done anything to hustle for money, <laughs> babysit, clean up trash in the neighborhood, rake stuff. Like I, I was selling, I was like, when I sold Girl Scout cookies, I sold the most Girl Scout cookies. Like it just was the way I was bred. So I wanted my kids to have that instinct too, because I really feel like in society that you need to be productive. Um, I mean, I think we all know that, right? Like you don't want your kids to be a deadbeat living off you for the rest of your life. You want them to be productive, human, healthy beings. So to me, 
one of the best things that I could do for them early was show them how to have a work ethic. And really this started because my son was an Xbox junkie and unbeknownst to my husband and I, he was charging on our Xbox, <laughs> charging on our credit card, his Xbox live account, buying God only knows how much of Xbox we have really invested into. But um, I looked at the credit card statement. I'm like, how is this credit card always so high? I am 100% responsible for opening mail and just paying bills and not really reading the fine prints. And I looked and in one month we had over $900 of Xbox Live charges. My son is now gonna be 22 years old in August and he was 12 when this happened. So 10 years ago, I mean, that is a good chunk of change that he spent. So that's what got his butt right into the salon. And it just set the precedence for the rest of my kids. My son worked here. He was amazing assistant. Everybody loved him. They still ask about him. He would consistently get the highest tips because he gave a great shampoo and he would invest themselves in their life and conversation and would remember everything about them. So what a good life skill to learn is how to be social, right? Like not only was I teaching them a work that work ethic, but I was also teaching them to be social and step out of the box of their own little world and their little cell phones and staring down and not talking with their voice, but only communicating through text. And with him, I learned I needed to do this for my daughters as well. So each and every one has started here when they are 12. And my second, my second child, which is my oldest daughter, she's moved on to college. And I actually made her start working somewhere else this summer because I wanted her to experience what it was like to work for another boss. And my middle daughter is here. She loves the hair salon, loves every aspect about it, probably is going to go to beauty school. And right now, me and my youngest daughter are kind of head to head because she does not like working for me. <laughs> I think what she really doesn't like is when someone else is sick and I'm like, get dressed. I need you in the salon. And, but honestly, I have loved working with my kids. It has taught me yet again, life lessons because my children will treat me the most poorly in front of clients. And until they learn that they can't, again, you know, kids, kids are kids. They talk back, they're brats. Like <laughs> we, we've been through it and they learn and it's, you know, we move forward. Right. And Miley, my youngest, I think give her another year. She's really going to need some money because I'm like putting on the brakes with her. Like, okay, fine. If you don't want to work for me, then go work for someone else and start making some money. So you can go out to dinner. I just don't believe in handing them money. Like I feel like by making them work for it and feeling it in their hands makes them think about how they're going to spend it and what it is worth. If I just keep handing them money, they'll spend it on everything. So I just don't. I mean, sometimes I give them money, but a lot of the times I make them work for it. Um, 
So within this podcast, I hope that I don't say um and and all too much, but this podcast is been created because number one, I love podcasts. I love personal growth, but it's also going to touch on curly hair, the salon. I might even be able to get my husband to come on here. That would be fun. My kids, I would love for them to come on. My team, I definitely am going to have them on here because we have all this knowledge about curly hair and curly hair extensions. So we'll discuss curly hair, hair extensions. We're going to discuss growth. We're going to discuss the art of pivoting and always being ready to change at the drop of a dime because in today's world, I really believe that that's a skill that we need. And I've done so many things to learn how to do that. Like, I just want to share it with you guys. So I hope that all these experiences in my 47-year-old world, which I'm going to be 48 August 11th. I can't even believe, I can't believe it. I still feel like I'm like 22 years old, (laughs) but that I have a lot more experience and knowledge wrapped up in this brain than when I was 22. So I hope to see you back. I hope you follow and get ready for some exciting insight on life.